Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is February 10th, 2020. Despite a strong January jobs report, real economic growth is continuing to decelerate in the first quarter of 2020 and could fall below 2% year-over-year for the first time since 2016. While special factors such as the Boeing 737 MAX problem and the coronavirus are contributing to first quarter weakness, more fundamental forces impacting both demand and supply are also gradually applying the brakes. There's always the possibility that this slowdown will trigger a further bout of monetary and fiscal stimulus. However, at this stage in the expansion, further government efforts to stimulate demand would have very limited positive effects in the short run and increasingly serious negative impacts in the long run. Regardless of how Washington responds to slower growth, investors should take note of it in setting return expectations, considering retirement income strategies and implementing a disciplined plan of diversification. Following a better-than-expected 225,000 gain in payrolls last week, investors this week will be focused on more labour market data in the form of Tuesday's JOLTS report, the latest read on CPI due out on Wednesday, and retail sales and industrial production due out on Friday. While retail sales should be strong, reflecting very mild January weather, manufacturing output likely declined due to Boeing's decision to hold production of the 737 MAX in December. Consumer inflation should look relatively steady for January, but should slip back in February as the knock-on effects of the coronavirus impact global oil prices. Finally, job openings may have fallen further as businesses gradually accept both the prospects for slower growth ahead and the difficulty in finding suitable workers today. The combined impacts of the coronavirus, the 737 MAX problem, and a strong first quarter in 2019 could well cut real GDP growth to below 2% year-over-year in the first quarter. However, it's important to recognize that even assuming that these special factors fade in the second half of the year, growth is unlikely to reaccelerate above a 2% trend. This reflects both demand-side and supply-side problems. On the demand side, while the 2017 tax cut permanently increased the level of consumer spending, it only temporarily raised its growth rate, as can be seen in the sharp deceleration in consumer spending during 2019. With wage growth still soft and job gains likely to be slow, it's hard for consumption to surge in the year ahead. Meanwhile, even as the effects of trade turmoil in the global economy fade, the uncertain impact of the coronavirus on China and the global economy could keep capital spending subdued. On the supply side, the potential for slow growth is even easier to see. The January jobs report included annual adjustments to population numbers, which based on census data released in late December, were significantly negative. In particular, in the year that ended in January, the civilian population over the age of 16 grew by just 0.5%, the slowest growth in almost 70 years. Moreover, this was comprised of a 3.3% surge in the number of Americans over the age of 65 and a two-tenths of a percent decline in the population aged 16 to 64. Immigration has fallen to more than a 30-year low, and with the baby boom generation turning 65 in huge numbers every year, it's becoming increasingly difficult for businesses to find suitable job applicants, as the unemployment rate hovers near a 50-year low. This will likely limit employment growth over the next year, even more than it has over the past year. In addition, business fixed investment has now fallen for three consecutive quarters, limiting the growth of the capital stock. One of the most reliable ways to generate more productivity growth is by giving workers more and better tools to work with. 
and this slowdown in capital spending is likely to reduce productivity growth going forward. Over the past decade, as the economy was recovering from the great financial crisis, the number of people working rose at an annual average pace of 1.4%, while the output per worker rose by 0.9%, combined to produce 2.3% average real GDP growth. Over the course of 2019, these numbers have been 1.2% and 1.1% respectively, still adding up to 2.3%. However, going forward, it's hard to see either of them matching this pace, cutting real growth to less than 2% in 2020 and beyond. It is possible that this slowdown will trigger further attempts at monetary and fiscal stimulus. However, another tax cut, particularly one designed to pump up consumer spending, would only further worsen the deficit cutting future living standards while doing little to enhance the productive capacity of the economy. This would also be the case for an unfunded attempt to ramp up public uh, infrastructure spending. Meanwhile, if the Fed were to be bullied into more monetary easing, it would likely only boost asset prices without impacting real economic growth, potentially setting up an even nastier correction at some later date. However, even without further policy actions, investors should take the implications of slow growth seriously. First, they should curb their expectations on returns from U.S. stocks and bonds. Slower growth and low inflation should limit revenue growth for corporations, while tight labor markets will make it harder to sustain margins. This should put a cap on earnings growth going forward, and with valuations already well above average levels, it's reasonable to expect only mid-single-digit equity returns on average. Meanwhile, easy monetary policy has left long-term rates at very low levels, likely reducing bond returns to low single digits going forward. Second, because of very healthy gains in portfolios in recent years, many investors will find themselves ahead of the game in terms of asset accumulation. In a world where nest eggs are big and dividend bond deals are small, it's okay to cash in some principle to generate a retirement income. Third, investors should recognize that much of the world is in a different place in terms of economic expansion. While the European economy is not exactly vibrant, it is still growing and it is much further from full employment than the US. Emerging markets clearly have longer-term economic growth prospects, which are stronger. Moreover, the ratio of the MSCI equity XUS forward PE to its S&P 500 counterpart is at its lowest level in at least 20 years, and the dollar looks overvalued. Any mean reversion in either of these should boost relative international returns. In short, this is an important time for investors to have international diversification. As political tensions rise in an election year, it will be hard for investors to get a clear picture of economic prospects, with one side promising economic acceleration and the other warning of doom. In the short, both are probably wrong. However, as growth downshifts and future returns are harder to achieve, it will be important for investors to adjust both their expectations and their strategies. Well, that's it for for this week. Please join in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only, and as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. 
They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.